0: Yeah, what is going on everybody? It is your host Rob, back with another episode of From My Experience Podcast. Please forgive my energy levels. I am doing a 16-week workout program, and I just finished working out maybe like an hour ago, and I'm still tired. But enough about me. How are you all doing? Are y'all doing okay? Are you doing alright? Are you taking mental health breaks? Are you taking care of yourself? Uh mentally physically and financially how's the family how's the friends how's your business going how's everything going you know i i, I want to know how y'all are doing so chime in in the comments chime in in the group you know fme underscore podcast on instagram and on Fanbase and from my experience podcast on facebook um thank y'all for continuing to like share subscribe and support we got a few things we're gonna get into today man and uh yeah buckle up please buckle up we wow. Shout out to Romo on the beat. Thank you, Romo, for not um busting me over the head with fees on that. Uh, make sure y'all uh all the music for the show. I discovered all those artists on um Dusted Wax. So it's like a I think they're they're a record label based somewhere across the world somewhere. I discovered these artists in like 2012 and I've always downloaded and just kept their music and their beats. So please make sure you support those artists. All the links. To everyone who provides music for this show is in the description. All right, we're going to get into front page news. But before I get into front page news, I want to forewarn you. Really only have like one positive thing to talk about. The other two things are pretty disturbing. um. So I like to give you all a heads up before I talk about something. I don't want to trigger anyone or mess their day up. But I mean, the world is the world. Um, And I will do a better job in the future of trying to balance, you know, some of the more uh, upfront headlines that everyone knows about and talks about that are typically negative with some more positive stories. But um, here we go. Ah Ah-ha! All right. uh, First of all, ladies and gentlemen, I warned—well, not warned, but I talked to you all about the Amazon stock split that has already happened. If you have not bought any Amazon stock— Make sure that if you have some extra coins, you throw some Amazon's way. Their stock as of July 4, 2022 is at Hold on, give me a second. I got it. 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 $109.65 all right, $109.65 a share. Well, guess what? Google's stock split is coming up. Um it is coming up on July 15th. They are doing a 20 to 1 split. So, as of right now, Google is going for $2,174.75 a share divide that by 20 and that will be the new price by by, uh per share no i'm not gonna do the math because i'm lazy all right uh okay all right y'all so this is the kind of morbid stuff so in akron ohio a 25 year old black man by the name of jalen walker suffered at least 60 wounds when police officers fatally shot him last week following a high-speed chase during which the man fired a gun out the driver's side window. That's what authorities said. This is according to CNN.com. Jalen Walker... So this is the part that's confusing. I gotta stop the music. So it says Jalen Walker was unarmed at the time he was killed, though a gun was recovered from his car after the shooting. Hmm... Um, Akron, Ohio Police Chief uh, I believe it's Steven it could be Stephen Milet said at a news conference Sunday when police released large portions of body camera videos from 13 officers who were at the scene prompting more questions about Walker's death on June 27th so I'm just gonna pray for that family and I pray everything gets resolved the right way Um, that's That's a lot. That's excessive. 60 times, y'all? Jesus. Okay. I gotta reset the music. Lord have mercy. All right. Lastly, what uh, me and uh, two very special guests and friends on the show are going to talk about today. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, ending 50 years of federal abortions rights. So... C, NBC has a great little summary here that I just want to give y'all to set up the conversation that we're going to have. So the Supreme Court in a five to four decision overturned Roe v. Wade, the landmark ruling that established the constitutional right to abortion. Roe, since 1973, had permitted abortions during the first two trimesters of pregnancy in the United States. Almost half the state's are expected to outlaw or severely restrict abortion as a result of the Supreme Court's decision on a Mississippi case known as Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization. So, that is your front page news. Lord have mercy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we continue the conversation, I have two very special guests that will introduce themselves. And after they introduce themselves, I'm going to read a little bit of statistics to kind of give a little bit more context and to, you know, anyone out there with any theories, thoughts or research. Maybe this will give it some credence. Please uh, hit us up and let us know if you have any further information to add to this conversation. But without further ado, <clears throat> ladies...
1: What's up from my experience podcast? I'm so happy to be back. My name is Jessica Van. I am a licensed professional counselor in the state of South Carolina. Um, My specialty is sex and relationships, especially helping moms to find their sexy and the messy of parenting. So, of course, this is a topic that impacts moms. And we'll get more into that, right? Because you're thinking, how does abortion impact moms? But I I will tell you more as we get into the conversation. Hey y'all.
2: It's your girl, Christian Jackson. I am the daddy issues expert, also a licensed professional counselor supervisor in South Carolina. And I support women who are in recovery from crappy relationships via daddy issues, primarily. Doesn't mean I can't do anything else, but a lot of what I have going on with the women that I attract and I support and I serve is really because they haven't done the work to really pause and find themselves. And when you throw wrenches, like what happened a couple of weeks ago with Roe v. Wade, in the mix. There's a lot of questioning happening about identity, choice, voice. We're going to get into that. And so I can't wait to share with y'all what has been coming up for my clients the last couple of weeks in regards to relationships, especially that of the relationship with yourself. Hey, (laughs) y'all.
0: Thank you, ladies. And thank you for joining me. Um, So I'm going to read a little bit Just a little bit of statistics for y'all. If you want to look at this yourself, go to cdc.gov and do your research like I did. Um, So among the 49 reporting areas that provided data for abortions for 2019, a total of 629,898 abortions were reported. Of these abortions, um, where's the number I was looking at? A majority, I, 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 I read this a couple times, a majority of these abortions, I believe it was somewhere around 56% of them were women ages 20 to 29. Yeah, 56.9%. So, woo. And uh, as far as ethnicity goes... I'm just really gonna talk about black women and white women because their numbers are the the ones that really well, I'll I'll talk about what what's in front of me. Let me not just let me not do that. So this is the number of reported abortions by known race slash ethnicity and reporting areas of occurrence in the United States in twenty nineteen. So again, there's forty nine states that reported on this. So those these reports are based on them actually knowing the ethnicity. Um and it's not it's not the total number. There the total number reported based off of knowing the ethnicity was three hundred and forty-five thousand nine hundred and twenty-nine. So of that number, um, white women were at 115,486, black women were at 132,878, other, which I, I'm assuming that's anything other, <laughs> or maybe Pacific Islanders um or 25,056 and hispanic women were 72,509 um and the reason i'm reading these numbers is because there are people out there who have theories about why this is happening and and, you know some people are, are for it and think it should be happening um i don't study statistics and numbers a lot but um i'm surprised that well, i'm not gonna say surprised. that number of 629,898 does not seem like a lot to me based on how many people are in the world in this country but um yeah so there's that ladies um i want to start well i'll just start by saying this i'm gonna give my personal views on abortion it's short it's sweet um It's not sweet. What the heck? It's short and concise. And um, I want to forewarn y'all, if you don't listen to the podcast, you haven't. I crack jokes, okay? I'm not going to make light of the situation because this is very serious and highly impactful. But you're going to hear jokes, okay? So I'm just forewarning you. But me personally, um, I personally don't believe in abortion unless there are circumstances surrounding it like, you know, you're super young Or your health is at risk, you know, like adverse circumstances. But if you are two consenting adults, y'all got y'all stuff together, y'all decide to have sex, and whoopsie doodle, somebody got pregnant, I'm like, meh. But at the end of the day, it is the woman's body and it is the woman's choice. If I ever get a woman, well, when or ever, or if I get a woman pregnant and she, you know, um, doesn't know what she wants to do, I would at least love to be a part of the discussion. Because I'm like, hey, I would want you to have the baby. However, if you decide that this isn't for you and you do not want to have a baby for whatever reason, I'm not going to be upset or mad or scorn you because that is your body and that is your life because you're the one who has to carry this child and give birth to this child. That is something I'm never going to experience, thank goodness. And I don't know what comes along with that. So, um, but that those are just my thoughts. I don't think that anyone should be able to take that right away from women. Um, regardless of their personal beliefs,
1: I agree 100. I, I will. I will say this. Um, so people get confused when we say pro-choice, pro-life, right? Uh-oh. I am pro-life. However, I am also pro-choice, and what that means is that I am not pro-abortion, but I am pro people making decisions for damn themselves okay mm-hmm. um i will never tell someone that you cannot have cracked macaroni and cheese because it fucking sucks if that is the choice that they have chosen to make for themselves right i don't mm-hmm. know what their needs are i don't know what their budgets are who am i to say these things so in, in this particular um situation Having a child like Rob, you said earlier, you know, unless you're super young, super young is subjective. Okay. I had my first child at 27 years old. I was pregnant for the first time at 2021. Both of those are super young in my mind. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, I miscarried my first child um, and I had to have a DNC. This is a uh, procedure very similar to abortion if that child had been alive. In fact, I really struggled with the idea of having a DNC because I'm like, what if? What if this child is still alive? What, I'm not gonna be able to live with this. Um, we were able to determine that there was no signs of life and this was life-saving for me. In the case of abortion, a lot of times it is life-saving for that woman Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of cases. Our governor is an idiot, y'all. Um, I'm in South Carolina. <laughs> Our governor's an idiot. Um, I used to work for him, for him when he was attorney, attorney general, thought he was a really cool guy. Psych, he switched it. Um, mm. <laughs> but You know, he said some, they <laughs> asked him about abortions and he said, you know, if people weren't seeking abortions, we wouldn't have to have this law. Well, the mother who's 27 weeks pregnant and finds out that her child is having seizures in her body daily can feel every seizure this child has and knows that her child is suffering before they even draw their first oxygen. She's not seeking an abortion. She's seeking a solution. And when the doctors tell her there is none and that you will have to carry this baby until the baby either dies or until... You know, you decide, like you go into labor spontaneously. What kind of choice is that? And it's a bunch of old men making these choices for women, men who will never know what it's like to be pregnant, to carry a life. I can tell you as the mother of two, it is not something that we go into lightly. So my personal choice is, yes, I would love for everyone to choose life. But I understand, I don't know everyone's situation. And so I am pro-choice. And this is devastating for me and a number of other women.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'll add to that. I think as I was listening to you guys talk, I know my stance. I was just trying to make it succinct. And Christian Jackson is pro-mind your damn business. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I cannot, because I, I literally had a client tell me that um, she is baffled by the fact that a fetus has more of a right to her body than she does. And I, as I was preparing for, you know, getting to meet y'all this week, you know, I was kind of listening to what my clients were telling me and just other conversations I'm having with women, my own husband. And it's just that I think struck me the most. Because Mm -hmm. I remember being pregnant with my second, who was lit from being in my body. And he is still the same. (laughs) From conception. From conception. That boy (laughs) got all the energy. Okay. There were second babies. They don't play. And I just remember it it kind of um, had me in my head about my own experiences, about how different they were. Just having, you know been pregnant twice and delivering both of those babies thankfully by the grace of god but it still was just like i can't imagine every single pregnancy is different like you cannot say what's going to happen what could be life-threatening um i remember my husband saying when we were having uh, our first baby 11 almost 12 years ago my god um i said tony if something goes wrong save the baby that's what I said and mm. my husband was like um no I don't know this nigga I'm saving you <laughs> you know what I'm saying it was just like we it, it, it just made me think of that this week because it made it you know just like I think you were saying Rob and kind of alluding to you would like to be part of that decision and so Jessica talks a lot about this when she's talking about relationships and intimacy about just before we engage or kind of call ourselves a thing or define our relationship we just don't do a lot of talking about what we want to happen beforehand and um, I think that if nothing else out of this entire situation, a lot of people will be like, especially men, mainly because you would never be pregnant um, and experience pregnancy the way we will. Let me say that because I know that science mm-hmm. has taken some leaps. Let me just go back there. But I think that when people make these, these assumptions that it doesn't affect me, it doesn't affect me, I sit and I, I think about how can you not say that this doesn't affect you in your daily life? So I'm working with like my own clients, even with myself as I make sense of this, um, trying to help people see how the big picture, the shootings, um, mass murders, and all those things, they do trigger and activate so many things in us. So we can't ignore the different nuanced implications that are here because of this decision. I mean, literally, probably the week before this happened, I was riding around with my mom well, she was at my house with us and my husband has a house wired with like Apple. It does everything, like mm-hmm. the lights and the TV and all the things. And she was like, girl, I remember when I was watching the Jetsons and <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> we couldn't imagine that all these things would happen when I'm telling Siri to do A, B, and C. And then a few days later, we're 50, 60 years back, you know, because of this overturned decision. So it's just like, girl, what is it all for? What is life? Yeah. <laughs> it just confuses yeah. the crap out of you.
0: I, mm, I i wonder what people are thinking when they do things like this for real and you know we had a private text conversation because i'm like i didn't do a deep dive and i'm like there's like there's there's a hidden agenda about something that's going on because i'm looking at now the numbers were like 28 million or something like that i'd be like okay well i can kind of see why y'all get like we, we aborting like left and right but it's like <laughs> again in my opinion that's a in comparison to how many people on this planet or in this country that's a relatively small number and then like we don't even know all the st- statistically we don't even know who the majority is i mean the the numbers i gave mm-hmm. y'all are based on half of the total amount of known so we don't know right um also just a forewarning if you are an elected if you are an elected official who <laughs> who is uh thinking about putting these some of these laws in place or restrictions in place in your state now that this has been overturned please know that as of the past elections a higher share of women 68.4 percent than men 65 percent actually turned out to vote your damn job just keep that in mind um yeah (laughs) moving (laughs) moving forward because that's something i thought about when y'all were talking i'm like "Yeah, yeah I know that women be the ones that women get
1: shit done and more specifically black women right so I, i'm just gonna put it out here i am I, I used to say i'm a conspiracy theorist until i started to actually look at these things that i was like uh no like i am a truth seeker like i i because some things just don't make sense and, and so this yes, is a come
2: situation
1: speaker. This, this is a situation where people will say race doesn't matter, this isn't about race. But here's the thing. If we go back 50 years, if we go back to like women's rights movements and things like that, white women co-opted black women's feminist movements. And and they they totally changed the structure of black households and that's a whole different thing we can talk about that later but the issue here all the numbers Rob gave you guys the numbers that matter are that white women get abortions at higher rates than black women and they will sell you this idea of like welfare queens and women who just want to have babies and use um use the government for assistance or use abortion as uh Contraceptive, but that is not the true narrative. White women have abortions more often, and by the year twenty forty five, white people are only going to make up forty nine percent of the American population. Forty nine percent. Well, hmm. I am not a math genius by any stretch of the imagination, but that makes them the minority. Mm-hmm. That means a minority. And and when white people say that they are not fearful of black people or brown people they're lying because what they're fearful of <laughs> is that we will do to them what they've done to us. When what Christian, we just pro mind your damn business, right? Oh, yes. Your
2: business. Chef. When
1: we become the majority, they're really lucky that black people especially aren't seeking revenge. We're only for some reason, just seeking equality and just seeking the right to be left the hell alone. So mm-hmm. When you look at Roe v. Wade versus the gun laws they put into place, you have to ask yourself, you're pro-life, but you're also pro allow people to own guns that kill a lot of people at one time. Automatic weapons you can't even go hunting with because there will be no deer left to take back with you. So, it's very clear that it's not life that they're seeking to, well, it's not everybody's life that they're seeking to um, preserve. It is white lives, okay? And I couldn't find the lady's name that said thank you, you know, she thanked Trump for saving white life. But she meant what she said. She said what she said. She apologized, but she said what she said. And, And here's the thing, since Trump. People have been saying the inside thoughts, so in your head thoughts, they've been saying that out loud. And then they think that they can just walk it back. So I want to go back to saying why it matters for moms. Six of 10 women who get abortions already have one or more children. So you create welfare queens when you tell a, a woman who has four children already that you have to have have this fifth one or you tell someone who lives already stretched to you know the hilt on their means that you have to have this second child y'all the jump from one child to two it does not mathematically seem like a lot but that shit is a lot
2: that's a lot (laughs) (laughs)
1: lot. (laughs) can you be like really you need new clothes for real for real what? you just can't keep rocking these two t's like- <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. so i mean the numbers do matter and it is about race it is about race at this point they are trying to preserve whiteness
0: yes
2: Her- yeah, you do- oh, go ahead Rob. I-, I, I just
0: it. wanted to uh back jessica up uh she's a u.s representative by the name of mary miller um right, and she did you. say um as a victory for white life, but of course her spokesperson came out and said, No, no, no. She just meant to say right to life. No, you said you meant what you said and you said what you meant. White life. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. Go you ahead. Know,
2: period, period. I just I wanna also kind of add to the canvas, right, that Jessica is painting. It's it's there's a lot to be said about access to care.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
2: in the black and brown community, okay? So Mm -hmm. Jessica and I treat trauma survivors, people who are beneficiaries of Medicaid. I myself am. I'm a professional businesswoman and business owner, and I'm on that good select health plan because my husband lost a job at the time. And because of COVID, (laughs) they're going to rock my benefits until they decide to stop extending. I have no shame in that. But there's a lot of people who are beneficiaries of select health and, you know, Medicaid plans and MCOs, and that's, uh, that, that's, that is that's made up by a certain population. We're going to say just poor Black people. That's what people assume. I am not yeah. a poor Black person. I am on a Medicaid plan, but that's what people assume. If So if we go with that and we talk about the lack of education, the lack of access to care, whether that be medical, including mental health care, um, understanding what it even means to have access to a ride to school. Mm-hmm. And getting sex education so that you can learn what your choices are to protect yourself and all those things. It's it's a, a it's a culmination of a lot of different factors that I think that we need to do better at talking about. Because I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie, I'm gonna say this on record. I used to wonder with my when I first started my career, and I saw a lot of quote Medicaid clients. I saw a lot of people inner city, whole black people. Okay. And I would have mom I have one mom that stands out to me if sis had eight. Children, and it blew my mind at the time. As a young, fresh out of master's program, just got my degree. Don't know what I'm doing, therapist. And I just wondered, why did she just not get on birth control? Mm-hmm. That's that's what I wondered. And I'm not gonna lie, that was my ignorance and a lot of like lack of experience and education. And the more that I do the work and I connect and I stop telling myself lies, right about like where I came from, or what I was pretending not to know in my own self. Then I understood, oh, she has a trauma story. Not all those kids were by her choice. She didn't know that she was pregnant because she was working and kind of ignored signs and didn't know what it meant to go get a yearly, up, you know, check up with her OBGYN. Didn't know she was pregnant and doesn't know who the daddy is because, I mean, shit, by now she slept with probably 10, 12 other guys. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a story behind every everyone's entrance into this world, every pregnancy, everything. And there's, there's like a a system that we know is broken that cannot support our society and how we are populating the earth. And a lot of that is rooted in what we don't know, what we don't have access to. And that is sometimes correlated to trauma, but regardless, it's their business. And so (laughs) in my profession, what we're trying to do is try to help you make sense of that business give you what the options are, even if that is, I need to understand why I do make certain choices and what we call quote risky sexual behaviors. And that right now would be at least not wrapping it up for the sake of not contracting an STI. But if that's what you get down with your partner, y'all have talked about it and you want to be open and have a conversation from both ends, then that's obviously safer. I'm not trying to say go use condoms and do it or you're a terrible person. This is for your health. But people who are having these conversations are so super judgy and not understanding that when they're watching porn, they don't wear condoms. Maybe that's where they learn how to have sex. That part. Yeah. Period. You know, where we have to look at what's actually influencing the people, well, us, period, what's actually influencing us and where we're getting our messaging from. And so when we talk about touchy situations like this, we have to be open-minded. And when you were talking, Jessica, it made me think about when you were talking about the gun laws versus Roe v. Wade and that being overturned, it made me think about like, can, can we have a gray area? And is that allowed? And I like to talk a lot about spectrums and how it's only fair to consider a gray area where um, you, I can be a Christian woman and use profane language Mm -hmm. and um, believe that abortion may be necessary if there is a medical necessity i i am pro-life I am also pro-choice what does that make me like you know right. like what is it what does it matter i'm pro mind your business that means i I, I don't think I could have an abortion I wouldn't tell anybody to go ahead and you know do that to your body because that's frankly what it is but it's also your life. And I, I, I am going to support your choice to be able to say, well, what do you think is going to happen? What are the implications? I want you to exercise that muscle of using critical thinking and understanding the implications of stuff. And mm-hmm. so can we live in a gray area? Can you be out here, pastor this and that, and super Bible thumper therapist and this and that, and say all the things about how abortion doesn't make sense and God said, but then when it comes to you, and people coming at you in the comments and you say, oh, no, in that case, it's OK. So let's have an open mind about this is what my only argument is about this whole thing. because right. All sins are weighed the same. And Jessica, you and I have had this conversation. And
1: <laughs> and we don't know what these people are doing in the dark, right? Because a lot dark, of these senators you don't know what believe in abortion when their mistresses get pregnant. OK. Yes. Uh, Period. And, and the, the thing about it is. That, so as Christian was talking, I feel like, you know, there's a subset. So then it because it's about race initially because we gotta protect whiteness, and then it's this this whole this poverty line. People who fall, you know, my mom is super pro black, and I used to like really buck against that because I went to all white schools and I was like, we're all the same. Then I had a bad experience, and (laughs) so then I started to become that way too. And she said, you know. What white people don't understand, so whiteness is a construct, essentially, it did not exist before, like, late 1800s, and what they did is they, made, they sold this idea to poor white people that you're just like us, we care about you, but at the end of the day, rich white folk only care about rich white folk, but they will say, we need to protect these little white babies because a poor white person is better than being outnumbered by the black and brown people. And then beneath that is in the religious beliefs. I have been baffled how over at least the last six years, there has been zero separation of church and state.
2: None. Zero. I don't think that ever existed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it's weird because these people came here to a land that was not theirs because they wanted rele- religious freedom and then they pushed. This is a Christian country and I'm like, well, since when? Because it mm-hmm. wasn't when you got here and now you decided that it is. But They're they're pushing that idea and pushing that narrative onto people. And I just want to say, because Christian touched on this, as therapists, we don't take an oath like doctors, but the first two ethics that I remember are first do no harm. If me pushing my beliefs of pro-life on any client, pregnant or otherwise, is going to do harm, that's not something that I'm legally supposed, I will ethically, ethics and legals are different, but ethically supposed to do. And then the second is that I am an advocate. I advocate for people's rights. And so I believe if you're like pro-life and you don't believe in abortions, then don't you go get an abortion. Then you don't do that you can't infringe on somebody else's right to take care of their needs and it it has just been mind-blowing to me to see that our government does not advocate for us they do they don't show up for us and we elect them
2: and let me just say this jessica i'm gonna throw this question out here i just thought of it what of as as therapists and counselors etc um what if we are doing something unethical by treating a sex offender, right? So then those questions come up and you're like, um, well, they're people too. They have stories too, you know, that kind of thing. So what comes to mind for me is if I'm going to do no harm, that means that I get to choose what clients I serve. Because if mm-hmm. I do see a sex offender and I've been at jobs where I know um that's that someone has come in with like, you know, some kind of sexual or violent sexual offense or whatever it is. Um, and I've said no, because I know I would be doing harm in the room with them because I'm not trained. I have really, frankly, no personal interest. I just don't. I know that I've be mm-hmm. doing harm because I would be, I, I somehow take that personally as a human, as a survivor myself of child sexual assault. It's just a lot. Like I would want to do that. So I had to put that out there because I feel like one of your listeners, Rob, because you have quite the eclectic you know <laughs> Right, form. we'll say that and i just want to be very clear that um i choose my cases whether yeah. i was working for somebody or not that's why we have consultations and we talk about it and i make the proper referrals because there are people who um are right for a certain population fit, right right yeah i just uh, want to make that clear
0: i want to point <laughs> something out too and i don't know how i ended up like this but uh, according to Facebook statistics and uh, my uh, podcast statistics, my listenership is pretty balanced between men and women. I think I might have like 5 or 6% more women listeners than men listeners. So for the fellas out there that are listening, Jamel, Jamel J- hold on, Jasmine Sullivan. Sorry, <laughs> Jesus. It's been a day. Jasmine Sullivan said this at the BET Awards, and I want you all to think about this. She said, it's a hard time for us. I want to speak directly to the men. We need y'all, we need y'all to stand up, stand up for us, stand up with us. If you've ever benefited from a woman making one of the toughest decisions of her life, which is to terminate a pregnancy, you need to be standing. This is not just a woman issue, this is everybody's issue. We need your support more than ever. Very true statement. I personally know people who have benefited from women deciding to get abortions. Some of y'all, I love y'all, not putting y'all on blast or shaming y'all. Some of y'all will be about five or six kids deep right now. Maybe more, if it yeah. weren't for women go- <laughs> going out and getting abortions for you, um, or because of you, you know. Uh, yeah. whatever, yeah. whatever the term terminology is. Um and it is it, it's that right is that right being taken away is is scary because I'm a teacher. I know that my students are having sex, and I couldn't imagine a 14 or 15-year-old or multiple 14 or 15-year-olds walking around trying to carry out a pregnancy and going through teen life having to have a child because their state won't allow them to have an abortion because, you know, they slipped up and made a mistake, whatever you want to call it. And they don't have the means or the funds to go elsewhere to get the abortion because— Maybe there's a less restrictive state or a state that's open to letting you get an abortion, but they don't have the means and resources to go get that. Like, could you just imagine what like this is this could have a huge impact. It's going to have a huge impact and shift in our society. And, you know, those people talking about protecting (laughs) white lives. Are you really protecting someone by forcing them to do something that they're not ready for?
1: They have not released the ethnicity of this young girl, but there's a 10-year-old child in Ohio who was sexually assaulted and became pregnant. Ohio is forcing her to have this child. Now, um, I'm not sure of how far along she is. I'm not sure if the parents have the means to leave the state, but that's impactful for that young girl. Right, because your body goes through so much in pregnancy. Um, it, it, I just, it, I can't even fathom having to be ten and have a child. But let's go back to Christian mentioned contraceptive earlier. So my second reason, my second belief as to why Roe v. Wade was turned overturned is it makes it easier. It's a gateway to overturning other laws, right? Yep. So Uncle Thomas said um and I don't mean that in a friendly way Uncle Tom Clarence Thomas uh he said that now we need to look at contraception the fuck like so you're so you're you not only are you gonna for, you're going force me to carry a child if I become pregnant but you're not even gonna give me an opportunity to not become pregnant right like are you trying to create like a sexless nation what are you trying to what are you trying to do um Now, y'all, I'm holistic and all that good stuff, so I got some herb recommendations if you need them for contraceptive. (laughs) However, you know, condoms still work. Spermicide still works. And the fact that they won't even let sex educators in the school to talk about these things. I live in the Bible, though. The sex education sucks in the South. It was pretty much like, if you stare at somebody too hard, you're going to get pregnant, stop being fast. Like you know, whatever. So when we're talking about contraceptive, this is where people need to be thinking about their sons, teaching them how to protect themselves. Like I fully expect my children to go and have sex, but they are well aware, even at their young age, that there is ways to protect yourself. Um, People gave the vice president a lot of flack for saying this is about your sons, but I'm gonna play devil advocate here and I'm not a fan of her. So it's not because she's a black woman. I'm just gonna play devil's advocate. I think she was trying to appeal to what these lawmakers will listen to. They care more about men than they do about women. So if I say this impacts your son, And your son is going to have less opportunity because hopefully he's not a deadbeat. Hopefully he's going to be there for his child. And that's going to be difficult, not only for the mother, but for him as well. You know, maybe she was trying to appeal to that. But this is a gateway. This is not the last of these laws that they're going to be looking to repeal. And if senators are making it clear because they're saying these are the laws that we want to look at. And we'll get into that a little bit later if y'all want to get into that. (laughs)
0: I'm scared, um <laughs> because you so be. wracking. you're right, and um thinking back to my profession of education, I really wish more health and sex ed like a person dedicated to that, like a literally a sex ed teacher, a health teacher, these kids need it um, I don't know how In an
1: actual curriculum,
0: yes, like I don't know and i I don't know high school, but I know a middle school. They have a curriculum for that, and we're supposed to do it. Me, personally, I'm not comfortable doing it only because y'all are just giving me basically, hey, here's a template with some information. I was like, mm. I'd rather have a formal training or formal education on it. So I know what I'm talking about, because these kids do identify as different things and they have different pronouns and stuff like that. And I don't 100% understand it. And I don't want to offend any- anyone or make them feel a certain type of way. So I'd rather someone with that's their lane and they're dedicated to doing that. And they really know the information, have the conversation with these kids because these kids are going to have questions and, and, You can just tell that there's like... I'm thinking back to your message about the age limit message you had, uh, Jessica. Because these people are super disconnected. I don't think people really understand and realize how much information that these kids have access to and how much they're exposed to. And there's nobody there to help them filter through this stuff. Like, what's fact? What's fiction? What's dangerous? What's okay? And... You're asking me, who teaches about a hundred of them a day, to try to implement this on top of everything else I already have to do <laughs> in the classroom and outside the classroom. I just think it's ineffective, and more conversations around that need to be had so that you know we can all conduct ourselves better when it comes to you know our sexual um, exploration and just being more responsible. There's a lot of stuff I did not know about sex, even through college. I, I remember sex ed in high school like one or two teachers but other than that you know i kind of just had to go off of what people told me my dad gave me a pretty good sex talk but it would have been helpful to have more formal education coming up and the same thing with politics we got to get more involved we have to start learning we have to start doing more research on these politicians and see where what i mean you know i mean you can lie but Knowing where people's views align, instead of just voting for a part, oh, they're Democrat, I'm going to vote for them. Oh, they're Republican. Uh, well, what do they believe in? And do they believe in what you believe in? And are they going to protect you? Are they going to uphold what's already in place? Or are they trying to knock it down and get rid of it? And, you know, now that I, I feel old now, that <laughs> now I see why my parents, like, growing up, watched the news and watched CNN and complained about the government and stuff, because, They coming out here chopping us in the damn throat. And it's like (laughs) it impacts you as a kid, but you don't understand it. But as an adult, it impacts you even more because now you either want to start a family or you have a family. And it just it shifts everything. And then you have to think about your life and how you're going to conduct yourselves with these laws and things that they put in place. And then you have to think about your child and educating your child and protecting your child against the laws that are supposed (laughs) to be protecting you. It's crazy.
2: Mm-hmm. this whole like cycle of a mess i i happen to be one of those people who avoid the news and jessica tells me all the time got to be informed christian Get a life <laughs> grow up because <laughs> and i agree with that assessment and i think a, a lot of it is um fear like if like the fear of knowledge if i know too much mm-hmm. like i don't i'm i'm afraid personally that i will fall into this even more fear and like more of a helicopter parent and I don't want anxiety to rule me. And I also have been watching a lot of scammer documentaries (laughs) and a lot of TV shows on on Netflix because I love those kind of shows. But I literally just finished watching something called um The Anatomy of a Scandal. Netflix showed it to me. It's really good. Okay. And um, it's like a little mini series. And it was, you know, the British government, but still just all the stuff that happens as the parliament moves like every people in power unfortunately have like this record of scandal and putting themselves first and making the money and it doesn't matter and you watch all these things about how the government is just trash and so i also feel like what's the point like what do y'all say to that
1: i I will say you know for those of you who have not figured it out yet christian and i are best friends okay so i will say that there's also this element of protecting yourself mentally okay so i I totally get that too do what you need to do to protect yourself because you probably got a conspiracy theorist friend who will update you whether you want to know or not okay but um this bigger issue so the, the roe versus wade thing I want to mention this, too. There's mental health impacts for everyone, whether they are pro-life or pro-choice, because I think for me, the realization that other laws can be rolled back, like, because these are things that I just always thought I would have. And um, so Uncle Tom wants to get rid of contraception there's another Senator John somebody, I don't know, the name don't matter, but he was like, well, let's start looking at Plessy versus Ferguson. This is the separate but equal law, right? Um, So that's not a place we want to go back to. And then Brown versus education, which desegregated school. Now, I have my own feelings about that. I'm not necessarily 100% upset by that. but. There's a lot of people who their worlds are gonna be dramatically changed if we repeal those types of things, right? And being overly informed can have an impact. I have to tell clients at least three, four times a week, I'm telling somebody, limit your social media intake, stop watching the news. Um set a timer. You can only have 45 minutes of news and then you need to go outside because I definitely went through a stage where um, I was like, I want to be plugged back in, put me back in the matrix. I don't want to know anything (laughs) because this is a scary time, but we have to arm ourselves so that we can arm our children because we probably will not see a lot of the changes, but our children have to know that they can stand up and they can speak out and have a voice and that there's a cost to that, absolutely, because there's a lot of people on the front lines of this issue. A lot of people on the front lines of, sadly, this issue where a young man was shot 60 times. Like, let's talk about excessive force rules and regulations and, and law enforcement. Um, and those people are paying the cost. Like they are the people who are really making the big changes. And so we need to know enough so that we can back them. Because I'm not gonna lie to you. You're not gonna catch me out of protest. I got a fear crowds. I'm not gonna be there, but I will do what I can. Hey, when you need me to bring you water, need me to you know, arm you with what's going on on the local news because they tell you everything they are gonna do. So I'll let you know where the cops at, those types of things. But I think this whole issue is really scary to me. And Rob, you mentioned your job as an educator. I used to work for DSS in foster care. I know what child abuse looks like when a parent doesn't want a kid. So there are already people who've had children who didn't have access to um, abortion mm-hmm. services and those kids are not well taken care of. And so people were saying, well, there's always foster care, there's always adoption. DSS fucking sucks It's another broken system and they lose children. There's a, a documentary on netflix about a young boy named gabriel um, gabriel excuse me in california the system failed this child and he ended up dead and this is what you want kids to go to they don't have parents who love them because the parents were forced to have a child you put them into a system and they go foster care to foster care of people who abuse them
2: uh, and i have treated those people
1: so those give us the solution. Meaning-
2: like, right. girl. Those people, meaning y'all. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, people who have been in this the foster care system have gone from home to home to home. There's already an identity issue. Who am I? Who do I belong to? There's going to be a self worth issue, and I've heard horrific stories. I work with, with DSS in a different way on the assessment side for those parents who just wanted dss out of their hair for sure but didn't necessarily say oh i want my kids back because i love them because and frankly for some of them it was a break right they didn't have to feed the kids all that kind of thing so i've seen it on both sides in that way too and jessica i know you've probably treated these clients too who have just been shuffled around and this is where we want to send these kids horrific trauma stories
1: Disgusting abuse. So all these laws and no money going into healthcare. No money going into mental health, especially. And and you know, I'll tell you, there's so many people who make laws who believe that mental health care is a luxury. Huh. It is that not is a luxury. Ridiculous. And, and and the fact that insurance companies won't even work with us to make sure we have a livable rate a wage so that we can take care of these people and then take care of ourselves, it's it's ridiculous. It's scary. And so Roe versus wage just causes a spiral, like a tsunami of people who are not going to be well adjusted, I would imagine. And I mean, maybe they're going to prove me wrong, which I hope they do. But you're saying that people who go and shoot up schools, oh, it's a mental health issue. But you're not tending to mental health. And then you're making people have babies that they don't want who are going to, maybe abuse these children maybe they'll have wonderful lives and then you create this weird cycle of like mental health issues
2: yes it's not it's not even like a, a nice circular cycle it's this ridiculous like labyrinth of a mess. <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's disgusting and it just it grinds my gears. as someone who is relatively mentally stable you know i say relatively because i'll be having my moments okay but i'm supposed to come on birth control next year yeah because I have the morena. I'm on the last year of my morena and 2023 bing, I'm out. Cause I'm tired of like altering my body period. Um, yeah. so I don't have a period cause that's been kind of nice, but now I'm like, <laughs> well, Lord, do I need to do another cycle? Because if something go down, like what we going to do? I mean, the goal for me would be to have the baby. I secretly want another child but my husband's telling me, you know, but there, there's this whole thing about like, regardless of what I would do, I just would like to not have to worry like add that to the plate of things that I have to worry about quote unquote and then I mean that's been something that my husband, not my husband, my client who is like one of them is newly married she's they're trying to have a baby and she may have health problems because of that just because of what I know about her history and then what goes on there, just the fear that she has. And on top of this already like interesting decision of planning, because I mean, for those of you who plan families, that's that's some real adult kind of things. <laughs> Mine was a whole surprise, but you know, she's planning the family with her <laughs> husband, and <laughs> and um, that just adds another a whole a whole different layer. Like, what are you gonna do? It's just it's mind blowing. Just the domino effect of what this does.
0: You know, what's funny as I. I'm listening to y'all and I'm looking at articles and stuff like that. And I go back to what Jessica said about this age thing. (sighs) These trauma cycles of being stuck in these old sayings and the way my daddy did it and back in the day and blah, blah, blah. It is not back in the day. We got different shit. We dealing with stuff that has never Mm -hmm. been seen before stuff that has never been dealt with before. And the amount of pressure that people are under is absolutely ridiculous and we're just told you know fight through it push through you got this take some time to yourself when (laughs) like it's it's probably the most expensive it has ever been to just live here in this country um just came out of a pandemic i mean the the government jesus christ we we survived trump thank god like so (laughs) much crazy shit has happened and when y'all talk about mental health i'm looking at how many countries are signing on for four-day work weeks for their employees like <gasps> y'all are we're like oh my God, yes. o- over-
1: the, the, the world the u.s is out of fucking control okay people <laughs> like let's just, just let's just be <laughs> yeah. honest okay what we know is that the u.s is the least productive industrial country but we work the most we work the most, and the most, in the most successful or productive industrial countries. Those are countries that value naps, that value like paid maternity leave. Yes, come through siesta, <laughs> twice, okay? Get you something to eat, and then take a nap, and bring your ass back and be refreshed. Okay, so like the U.S. is out of control, and and what I just googled. The average age of a Congress member is fifty-seven point six, and so these people have only had seven years of, you know, Roe v. Wade, like it came about uh, for them. And then uh, sixty-nine point, sorry, sixty-two point nine in the Senate. When Trump said, "Make America Great Again," okay. We all knew as people of color that that was a whistle, like that that's was a dog whistle, right? Yes. But it was maybe great for them. And there's never been a time in American history where it's been great for people of color, mm-hmm. but maybe that was a great, a heyday for white people. Relative, and so not right? it's, it's all relative. It's all, it's all relative. And so not only do we need, and so the age thing Rob is referring to, I'm like, yo, you gotta be 35 to be president, at least 35. But they should cap that at like 50 or 60, right? Yeah. Like, you can't be 80 somebody years old and trying to run for president. Old Joe falling off of bikes and shit. Like, we're not 100% <laughs> sure if he's going through stages of early dementia. Uh, we need fresh blood and we need people who represent the makeup of this country because, yes, things are changing. Look, we just had pride. I am a proud member of the Alphabet Gang. However, I don't know all the terminology, okay? My son was like, well, mama, what's the um, QIA plus? I was like, well, questioning, intersect, um, asexual, but then there's another A. I can't get Girl, all the what? There's another A. There's another A. Oh, God, I didn't even Google it because I was like, it'll change tomorrow. So
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> we need people who like kind of, have their pulse on what's happening like AOC is trying to hold it down for us but ain't nobody listening to her why because she's a young latinx young lady and she's putting out all these gems and they're just letting it go over the head I say get rid of all of them pack the court we need more supreme court justices and then just get rid of everybody else and have another election. Like, figure it out
2: because <laughs> oh, this figure is it out. <laughs>
1: And going back to what I said earlier about poor white people, they don't even realize they're voting against their own interests. That part. They don't even realize that.
0: Dave Chappelle tried to tell them.
1: Hey, listen, why? Because he a brother. You know what I'm saying? He
0: he tried to tell y'all, but...
1: You're working against yourself at this point.
0: We need a shift and we need a change for real, man. Like, it's... It's nuts. And part of what you said, we're like that in this country because we glamorize everything. Like It's like a fight to have the most of everything. We need 15, 20, 30 of every damn thing. And we don't need it. We don't need it. We don't need all these big numbers and all these... like We don't need all this stuff. And you are working people to the bone. That is why y'all can't keep employees. You're burning them out. They're miserable. Think about... How good and refreshed you are after a three day weekend or a vacation, or when you get enough sleep and you're eating right and you actually enjoy what you're doing every day. That makes a whole hell of a lot of difference. I can tell you from experience as a teacher, when I have three day weekends or coming off a vacation, I'm refreshed and ready to go. And I can go full throttle for a good bit, maybe like two, three months, two and a half months. And I'm like, all right, I need to take a day or something like that. Like just. Just that extra day off, just to even spend time with your family, talk to your mm-hmm. kids, just there's just so many um, life, just basic life necessity things that you could get done with an extra day. I think it would be a, it'd have a huge positive impact on things. And yes, companies y'all gonna have to adjust, adjust your quotas, adjust your numbers. I'm sorry if you're super duper millionaire, but if you're super duper millionaire, you're probably straight unless you're just spending your money all crazy. But it's like really, like if everybody really gets on the same page with this thing, we would just we just we could be healthier. Period. It
2: could be okay, and you know, instead yeah. of the alternative, which is. You know, I'm super anxious about like the power that I'm giving the person who signs my check, which is what I did my last job. When I got fired at my last job, I said never again, because I've never been fired for something so unfair and being bullied out of that job and have them just replace me the next day and not even care for the clients that were left. Y'all, don't let me get on that so fast. Yeah. but But, you know, <laughs> you worry about who has power and control over you. And I think that's another theme that we need to make very Mm -hmm. clear that's Mm -hmm. coming out of this overturn of Roe v. Wade and why people say, why does it matter that George Floyd was executed on TV? What does it matter to you? You don't even know him. Like, what does that mean that such and such happened, 9-11 happened? That's not even your business, right? What is my business? If you want to make it about you, I am triggered because it's bringing up something that I have experienced. So for all the people who don't understand how trauma works, OK, those triggers are sneaky and they are plentiful and they are they're living in your body. Your body remembers what was happening the one time he was in that car accident when you watched 9-11, the, the sense of sight. You remember where you were. Everything is stored. And we are super sensitive nowadays, especially nowadays, because we are exposed to a lot at one time. So if you are pro-life and you don't understand why people are so upset that this was overturned, please note, there are implications that have layers and are likely linked to something that you have experienced. Maybe not to that degree, but it reminds you of the time that you were raped Mm -hmm. when you didn't have the choice to say no. Because maybe you thought that you would get hurt even worse if you said no, or if you set up a boundary, because people don't know that consent is ongoing, even if I give you a kiss and we getting into it. And if I say no, any of that point, that means no, anything less than a yes is no, because you don't understand that that was an ongoing agreement that I could break at any time. It is triggering that for me. It's triggering the fact that I um, lost this job at no point of my own. And now I've lost the right to choose at no point of my own. Like, you have to make those connections mm-hmm. and make it personal for you. And so if you are triggered out there because of it, and you're not really sure why anything in the news really upsets you. Call up whatever it is that you are pretending not to know, the thing you've been ignoring, because likely is an experience that does matter to you directly and has very strongly impacted you at one point. That's why this is important among all the other things. But you and your body is trying to tell you, hey, sis, hey, bruh, something's happening. I need to protect myself. That's why this is so big. And that is why Jessica and I will never be out of mental health work because when COVID happened, who phones was blowing up? Mm -hmm. Me and Jess, because people had to sit with themselves, sit with their families who they've never sat with for longer than a day or two. Because now they're like, "Oh crap! I have nowhere to go, nothing to do." And this reminds me of the time I was feeling trapped, and I was out going doing all the things because I could ignore and avoid all the things I was doing. I was great at work, but at home, ooh, my personal life—I don't know, y'all. When Come I on. tell you, there is certain to be a clapping sound effect right going here. In.
0: <laughs> a, hold on, we let have me find to have, it.
2: Yay! Do I get applause? Yes. That is that's why we have to understand the domino effect stop saying the stuff in the news it does not matter to you and that it does not impact you because it's calling up something you have been through so be fair to yourself and call me or jessica or follow us on our pages we're gonna get into that later but mm. it's calling it's touching you for a reason it's touching you for a reason i'm actually writing a course on this very soon but because i just want y'all to be better like just be better call it what it is all
1: the things all the things that you just said. I mean, can you imagine someone who had been raped and didn't have the the ability to say no and then spent the next two to six weeks trying to figure out, am I pregnant? Could I have an STD? Could there be something wrong with me? I don't have anybody to tell. You know, all of these things are connected. We are a community. We're a dysfunctional community, but when something happens to our neighbor who who we never actually met, we worry about our safety in our neighborhoods. When you know, and so I think that when you've never had to worry about race, right? So a lot of white people will say, "This is not about race. This is not racist. This is." You've never had to worry about it, so you don't know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. But we know what the boogeyman looks like. We know yeah, yeah. what it feels like. It, it is seeing George Floyd, a grown ass man, call for his mama and then realize, and then hearing your child in the background call you uh-huh. and you pray that you never have to see him calling out for you on the news. It does uh-huh. look like me looking at my three-year-old daughter, right, so I did a video and I said, what does she have to look forward to? And someone was like, well, she could be a respectable young woman. Absolutely, she could be, but then she could be a victim like her mother. Because unfortunately those things, I don't know why, but if you've been a victim of rape, your children are five times more likely to be a victim, mm-hmm. right? So what if my respectable young daughter has someone steal her virtue? And then I have to look her in the eye and say, well, you're going to have to carry your rapist, baby. I would not say it in that way. Right. Because they both be you know, devastated. Yeah. I got herbs for that, we'll figure it out. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it does impact us, so.
2: It is all in all, know, please. Oh, go ahead, Jess. No, no,
1: I was just gonna say, all in all, please do not be so disconnected that you can't have empathy for your fellow man or woman, right? Period. And
2: that is empathy is just
1: trying to see it from their lens.
2: Just, oh, that's all I ask. Whenever I have, even if somebody comes to a session. And I even present the fact, girl, this not, let me let me dig into your daddy issues. Let's figure this out, right? <laughs> girl, just have an open mind. Oh, my daddy was great. What do you mean? And then a couple of sessions in, you mad at me. You're like, girl, I didn't think about how I was trying to be a people pleaser because I just wanted my daddy to be proud of me. You know, these things just, just have an open mind because that could be the key to open it up. And I think especially when it comes down to race, um, like Jessica was saying, there are white people, if I'm still talking about white and black people, I've had conversations with white people who are just like appalled at some of the things that I may have experienced, the way that I may conceptualize something and, or a, AKA just in complete denial. Like, I think I was on one podcast and I explained what code switching was and these two white men didn't know. They were like, what's that? I think that it's the conversation started <laughs> because, <laughs> it started because I was talking about how I support and attract mostly black women women like, no, 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 no. that's just who comes to me and i was talking about how i want to make that a safe space for black women to be able to you know talk chop it up whatever and they were like well what's the difference between what you know a white woman and a black woman would have to go through and they were really like curious but then of course because i am a brown girl i also have my defenses up like you're gonna try to play me like i ain't got to to defend myself against but i you know i just calmly <laughs> explain <laughs> yeah and they were just like oh it's so what I, I wear my fro now and y'all can't see me but when I was interviewing before I would straighten my hair because you don't know who the panel is going to be that's called code switching I have to be one place uh, and be in one when one area and act a certain way or do a certain thing or speak a certain way because I'm so afraid that I am not enough mm-hmm. a, a message that I have been carrying forever because of childhood things, and that we all are carrying, so we can't say um, that things in the from in the past don't matter for people who are like therapy. What is that? What does it matter? You just need to let it go and get over it. That's also a, a narrative that has been planted by society that says, "Oh, you can just get over it. Just do mm-hmm. this and you'll be fine. Get over it." Right? It's just there are so many soapboxes, and of course, I could get off on. <laughs> <laughs> I think and we now just leave it there. We we all could. It's
0: it's <laughs> funny you mentioned code switching. I I remember vividly remember um uh, my one of my 8th grade teachers, she told us about it. She was a black woman and she was she was like, I'm, "Especially you young men. And she told us about code switching, yo. know. And I it's something I took with me and I use um but as I got older, I realized what she was trying to say and what she was trying to do because of what was going on at the times, but times have shifted and have changed for the better. And people are definitely embracing more of you legitimately being yourself. Like I'm way more professionally relaxed <laughs> at work, um, and just being more of my true quote unquote self. Um, and that that's just so funny that how just somebody can make such one statement like that. And it just drives years and years and years of your life. And you're literally conducting your behavior based off of what someone said versus, hey, I'm the one out here living and experiencing this. Let me try something different. Let me try something Mm -hmm. new. It is super crazy. Um, But ladies, I don't want to keep y'all too much longer. We could do this (laughs) all day. I have to have y'all back soon. I I got nothing else. Personally, I have nothing else. Um, Anything else y'all want to add or contribute to the conversation?
2: I was just thinking about the Captain America song. I can do this all day. Did y'all not watch <laughs> <laughs> the Marvel series? Okay. Sorry. Um well y'all, I've been Christian Jackson, the Daddy Issues Expert. You can find me at www.couchwithchristian.com That is is c-h-r-i-s-t-i-a-n.com <laughs> Or you can find me um at Couch with Christian all one word on Instagram and see what I got going on.
1: Yep, you should do that. Uh, I just wanna say, guys, like this is when I say guys, I mean everybody. He, she, they, all y'all. Okay. All of Take them. care of yourself. All right. Take care of yourself. And uh, you know, don't let the man get you down. And by the man, I mean damn government. Okay, <laughs> so um, I'm Jessica Van. I am helping moms to find the sexy and the messy of parenting. I have a Mamas and Mimosas Bitchin' Sip coming up on July 24th here in Columbia, South Carolina. So I'm looking at Rob's face. And let me tell you about the and Sip, y'all. Yes, it is explain. really about saying the unpopular thing. And getting out those negative feelings about parenting so we can make good room for the good because there's so much good about parenting. And um, you know, when I say the negative things about parenting, y'all remember the first time y'all heard fuck them kids, y'all clutch your pearls. I did too, okay. <laughs> but now I be feeling that shit, okay. And so luckily, I have a tribe of moms that I can share um, those sentiments with, but a lot of moms don't. And so my goal is to create community where moms can come in and say, you know what? My three-year-old drew on the wall and I wanted to punt them. And that's okay. As long as we don't punt our children, right? <laughs> so check me out. You can find me at InVisionMore, that's in or envision counseling on Instagram, y'all. Rob was cracking up laughing, but I mean that shit. He ain't got no kids, okay? I know y'all don't be wanting understand. to punch them. Don't get just it. Don't punch your baby, okay? I understand
0: <laughs> so a little bit.
1: <laughs> let's talk before you punch the baby. Okay? Yeah, you get to send them kids back home.
0: I oh do, but ooh, they the line there are just almost. <sighs> i got stories for y'all i'll tell y'all off air um but well, i do
2: want to say on that note rob i have to say i appreciate you as an educator especially as a black male educator that is i'm about to quit um... don't thank
0: me i'm out of here no i'm kidding <laughs>
2: don't do it, don't
0: do it. <laughs> no, i appreciate I'm that i'm
2: sure you know the impact that you make for those kids who go home and they don't have a bunch yeah. male black energy. right so yeah yeah
0: right um to that i will say uh stop trying to ruin my career i got a a funny story i'm gonna tell y'all when we get off air um (laughs) yeah kids we love y'all we love y'all and we do this not only for ourselves but for y'all um and if you're listening to this podcast it is not mr wilson all right ladies and gentlemen (laughs) until next time take care of yourselves physically mentally financially and we'll catch y'all next time peace Oh, all, all the links for uh, Christian stuff will be in the description and all the links for Jessica's stuff will be in the description. Click on it. Even if it isn't for you, I'm pretty sure you know somebody that could use their services and that needs their help. So check it out. All right, we're going for real this time. Peace.